Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hey, and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. Uh, and today I'm, I'm delighted to chat to Rocky Buckley. And... Um, I have to say, Rocky, that's a great name. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's a stage name, but if your parents blessed you with a name like that, you were destined for great things. So first of all, good afternoon. Oh, great to be here. Thank you, Russell. I'm yeah, it actually it actually was uh, blessed by my parents. Um, I, my real name is James, but my uh, nickname is Rocky. It's been since I was a baby. Yeah. And the, the the origins of that nickname are a little bit mysterious. <laughs> I always there's always conflicting stories about what it is, but needless to say, I was well before uh, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, so, okay. so it's I, I came before him. He copied from me, I guess. <laughs> Maybe there's a rocky road somewhere that That's we have to go through. Good. Well, it's a delight to meet you. Um, why don't you just tell us all a little bit about what it is that you do? Sure. Well, I'm uh, primarily, you know, an entrepreneur, a hybrid of sort of a coach and consultant. I primarily work with people who are solopreneur experts, uh, thought leaders, people like authors, speakers, coaches, consultants, um, as well as people who are, you know, a successful corporate executive or a service provider who are looking to reinvent themselves into that space. Um, so those are the kind of people that I work with. And I really help them um, with their business models and their personal brands and really to package themselves, um, you know, as a solopreneur expert and position themselves that way. Right. Brilliant. So they're the sort of person that would help me. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Or vice versa. So there you go. We're <laughs> both doing the same thing. So that's brilliant news. Um, so what's your background then, Rocky? How did, how did you... Um... Where did, how did life get you into this work? Part yeah, well, what happened with what I'm currently doing was sort of a long journey. Um, I, I had a business prior for about 20 years, 20 plus years, where I was primarily working with authors and experts and people like that. But I was doing it um, from a corporate standpoint. I was working with very large publishing companies and working with their authors and so on in more of a consulting role. And I was helping them to bring a lot of product to the market. So this was helping experts, thought leaders, authors, and so on, take their ideas and their intellectual property and package it into all sorts of different products and so on. And did that for a really long time, worked with, um, again, some of the biggest publishing companies in the world, uh, produced over 3,000 projects over a 20 plus year period. 
And eventually I, you know, I kind of got to a point where I had built a successful business, but I wasn't happy. I didn't feel that I was really fulfilled. And I had always had, you know, a lifelong desire to help people, specifically people who were sort of stuck. Like they, they had very high potential. They always thought they could have been somebody and, you know, always had big dreams and big ambitions and had the talent to actually be able to do it and felt stuck. And, um, I just really realized at some point that I have this real desire to help people not waste their potential. And so I came to a point where I, a crossroads moment where I really wanted to reinvent myself, reinvent my business. And I figured out strategically, you know, the people that I could help the most were sort of aspirational entrepreneurial people who have expertise, who have talent, great personality, great leadership ability, and again, are trapped in their business model. And I wanted to teach them how to unlock that business model and uh, really change their life and their business. Yeah. So for me, it's all about impact, really. Okay. Um, all right, then. So let's, let's unpack a few of those things for people that may not have heard the terms or be interested or, or chasing this down. So um, first of all, um, the rise of the solopreneur, it's one of those words, isn't it? Um, I mean, we used to just call those people self-employed in the old days, but um, is, 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 that, is it as simple as that? No, it's really not because the the context that I'm using it in is in the social media age where a solopreneur must be online and must be a personal brand. And so there's there's sort of a celebrity element to it now that there didn't used to be. You could, you know, I was a solopreneur, you know, for many, many years and nobody knew who I was. So I was kind of a secret weapon and uh, worked behind the scenes and did, did not have a public presence almost at all. Um, but when you put yourself out there today, you know, the way that you primarily promote yourself, get your message out, market your business is through online means. And so you've got to be able to figure out how to communicate what you do to that right audience and so on and and message it properly and be able to engage people and <laughs> show different sides of your personality. So to the way that I think about it is that we're living in a social age where having a public persona is no longer really a choice. Mm. We're all forced into it. And the question then is, how do we how do we maximize ourselves and put that best version of ourselves out there? Yes, it's 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 fascinating. Um, and, and there seems to be quite an, an acceptable, um, unaccepted model into how you work forward into, into your role into this sort of world. Um, uh, do you get the impression the market's getting a bit crowded out there? Oh, it's very crowded. <laughs> yeah. And increasingly so, I think, after, especially after COVID, mm. I think a lot of people realize like what I'm doing offline is no longer like it can be taken away from me very quickly. I need to, a lot of people pivoted, right? We heard that word oh, yes. so many times, but people pivoted and now so many more people are coming online and we still have a lot of the world that hasn't yet come online. Yeah. So when you're, when you're looking at, let's say a phone where you can only have so much information on a feed. <laughs> just the structure of that, you know, makes it highly competitive. We can only look at so many things in a day. We can only have so many messages coming to us. And so the more people want to get on that feed, it becomes a lot more difficult to stand out. So that's why what I do is really aimed at helping people figure out how to become the best version of themselves so that they can stand out. Because it's it is so difficult, and it's going to increasingly become difficult. You know, we're in a time of rapid change, and that rate of change is only getting faster. So the business models that are successful today, the strategies that are today are successful today, might be obsolete in six months. 
So you're constantly having to change, constantly having to reinvent yourself. And that's a skill. And to, to know how to do that and do that well and do it over and over again yeah. is really kind of like a core skill of, of this 21st century yeah. environment that we're in. It's interesting. I mean, some people might say it's it's a market full of grifters who are extroverts, who are happy to shout and dance and sing and appear on social media and jump around the place. Meanwhile, the people who are busy, who are working, who are actually generating stacks of cash, they're not doing that sort of thing. Um, and and there's sort of a and there's sort of a, a quite an interesting pyramid, isn't it? You, you see that the, the top 10% are extraordinarily successful in this digital world, but the rest of the 90 are, are sort of really scraping by. Whereas in the sort of traditional world of people delivering something of, of uh, heft or substance or whatever that might be, you know, the, the distribution of wealth goes further down the pyramid. I just wonder what you think about that. Well, I think all we do, all we need to do is go look at Twitter and you have the, the wealthiest man in the world is spending half of his day on social media. <laughs> yes, but I mean, he's he's slightly, <laughs> but that's, well, I rest my case then, because he's one of the ten, top 10%, isn't he? Um, no, but, but my point is you're saying that, you know, the people that are making stacks of cash are not online with the grifters. And the reality is, is that we're coming into more of a personality-based, fame-based economy. And it's, you know, where you do have people who, have hundred million dollar businesses. There are billionaires and movie stars that are now starting podcasts. They're starting YouTube channels. Why? Yeah. Because fame is the currency of this new environment that we're in. Yes. And I think it's just going to increasingly become so. But this, well, it's interesting you say that, but th there is still that. So for example, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I, we're we're yeah. just discussing this. Um, so if you look at them, um, I'm, I'm thinking of one or two people in, um, in our world, for example, who are big investors. Um, they're not online. They don't really have a social media presence because they don't need to. They don't need to be famous because they're too busy being wealthy. Mm -hmm. um, and I still think that market exists, but I think there's a sort of a, there's a sort of a, um, the zeitgeist is everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. Everybody needs to be online. And actually some people just need to buckle down, get on with their jobs and be entre be employees because not everybody can be entrepreneurs. And oh, I see sure. lots of, pe lots yeah, of people seduced this. only this. for people who really do want yeah. to, they really do want to be an entrepreneur. They want, they're yeah. aspirational. They have high ambitions. Most of the people in the space that I'm in are primarily driven by impact. It's not about money for them, really, primarily. That's not the first thing. They view money as a tool or a power that enables them to do a lot more good in yeah. the world. So, so if you are somebody who's minded toward changing the world, making a big impact, yeah. then becoming famous is one yeah. of those things that it seems to be kind yeah. of essential now. Yeah. So go back to them, if you would, that comment you made about people being stuck. So yeah. people could be being stuck, but what you're saying is that that's this route is not for everybody. You might be just stuck because you're in a dead end job and you need to go to another dead end. Well, you need to go to a different job to maybe find a different sort of meaning and purpose. So yeah, I think that the kind the of people. That, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's what I was going to say. What are the three or four things that people would need? Um, I mean, you've answered a little bit of this already, but what are the three or four of the characteristics that people need that would really suit this solopreneur world? Well, the kind of people that I'm working with are already in business for the most part, okay? So they already have a business, but they feel stuck in that business. And typically the way that that happens is a, a similar to the way Michael Gerber described it in his book, The E-Myth, 
where people who start businesses typically are technicians. They're, they're at a job somewhere, they become very good at what they do, and then they decide to go out on their own and become their own boss. And that was the route that I took as well. And so for most people who go that route, the idea is simply, hey, I want to be my own boss. I want to work for myself, build something for myself. And they envision that it's going to create a lot more free time and, and so on. And it's going to enable them to do a lot better and build a great life and so on. What tends to happen for people who break out like that, typically solopreneurs, they find themselves, especially if they're good at what they do and they become reasonably successful, they find themselves just swamped with work. And they're just busy all the time and they're, they're stuck in the day-to-day -day of their business and they can't actually escape. They can't work on their business because they're working in their business, right? That's the way that that's classically been described. And I find that the, the way that people typically get out of that is by making structural shifts in their business. And that can mean choosing a different market that's actually more lucrative, yeah. right? So, so aiming who you're helping in a different direction that can actually produce a higher uh, fee for you. It can change, you know, you can change other structural things about your business. For example, the way you deliver your product or service. So that might look like instead of working with people one-on-one, -on -one, you now work with people in a group setting or you produce some form of digital product that can give you leverage. Okay. And then the other part, structural aspects are going wide or actually being able to use promotion and marketing to get your message out much, much more than you did before. Most people, when they're starting out as solopreneurs, are heavily dependent on referrals. Yeah. So you're looking for people, the business to come to you because other people have referred you. When you can break out of that and use the levers of marketing, that's what enables your, your business to really grow and skyrocket in growth. So those are kind of three structural shifts that I yeah. would say are pretty common to people to get unstuck. Yeah. So that so that's that's good. It all makes a lot of sense to me. And um, uh, one of the things that you're talking about standing out. So let's talk about that a bit. So how do you really differentiate yourself in such a packed marketplace where everyone's being authentic, everyone's being effectively the same? Um, I mean, who was the last person you really bumped into that stood out other than Stephen Bartlett? Yeah, I think that the way that you you move through standing out is a systematic and strategic process. Most people just start making content and put themselves online and they don't find that it necessarily gets a lot of engagement. It doesn't really resonate and then they get frustrated with it. So yeah. most people understand like I've got to put myself out there. I've got to create a lot of content and then it doesn't produce the result that they want. And there's a mathematical aspect of that as well. You have to put out a lot more content than you think you have to put out. But it's also, you know, what are those aspects that make a piece of content engaging? What are those aspects that make a persona engaging? And so I think that it requires a, a lot of in-depth, inward-looking uh, process to be able to figure out what is it about me that makes me different? What is that sense of purpose that I have that makes me more animated and brings out my natural charisma, right? What are other people doing in the market? What are other voices saying? How do they sound? What kind of assumptions do they make about the people that they're talking to? And how can I cut against that? Hmm. So it really requires a lot of inward extracting those best qualities of yourself. You have to become conscious of it. Like I think most of us just, we just roll with the person that we are and we don't take a lot of time to look inward and become you know, strategic about like, what are some of those things that really are different about me? What are those strengths that I have 
that other people have told me through my whole life that I'm really good at that or whatever? What are some aspects of things that I'm interested in that if I were to bring those into my business would make me a lot more colorful yeah. and right and interesting, fascinating to people? So it really requires a step-by-step -step, um, you know, strategic process, I think, to develop and create that best version of yourself. It is a creative process. And I think most people never even think about it and never do anything like that. Yeah. And that I think is the is, is the critical step for most people. So Perita would say that 20% of the people in this world are making 80% of the money in this in this space. Um, so I'm just wondering, um, because that, the implication of that, if it's true, that may just be one of those, you know, things that we say. Um, it strikes me that people are going to experience quite a lot of failure, quite a lot of setback, quite a lot of resistance. So for me, you know, we work in the world of resilience. It sounds like people need a fair amount of that. Do you think Do you think the people who naturally go into this world will have it or it's something they need to uh, build into their toolkit, if that's not a mixed metaphor? No, I think you have to build it. But I think if you're already an entrepreneur and you've been you're fairly established, you've been resilient for a while, you're already kind of cut out of a different cloth than most people. But one of the key elements that I always focus on with people is really tapping into their sense of purpose. What is that that drives them? Because that's what's going to create resilience. When you can emotionally tap into that thing that drives you, that those, those people that you want to help, that impact that you want to make, when you can stay connected to that, then it's going to drive you forward at all times. And it's also going to animate you greatly in the way that you appear when you're talking on a podcast or you're on a video or something like that. That natural passion and enthusiasm and desire to help people is what animates you and what will that that magnetizes other people to you. People can feel that when you're actually in that state. So I think staying tapped into purpose is from a resilience standpoint and from sort of a personal charisma standpoint, that's kind of the essential, the white hot center of this whole world, really. Yeah. If you drift from purpose, it's it's going to be hard to, to really yeah. succeed. So that's interesting because it almost implies a sort of WASP approach to that, a sort of very American approach to the idea of purpose, perhaps. So I'm just thinking of the sorts of people, the sorts of purposes that people have that you've run into. Well, I mean, it can be whatever your area of expertise is. So, for example, if you're a personal trainer, your desire may stem from the health problems that you you personally experienced or yeah. you've maybe had in your family, whatever that thing that drove you to get into that field was, staying connected to that. So that may be, you know, hey, I, I helped somebody to lose 50 pounds or 100 pounds and they changed their life, right? right? And I, I always want that feeling. Like I see so many people out in the world struggling mm -hmm. with obesity, you know, and there's so much pain and it's causing so many other problems in their lives that if I can help to change that for people, it's going to make my life, I'm going to feel great about my life, right? It's going to make me feel that I've, I've made an impact in the world. Right. And so, so, you know, if you're driven by that, so helping people who have so you, problems, fixing problems, right. so something that you're about, really passionate about, I think that really is the driver. Yeah. So you're talking about results. You're talking about the impact of results. Yeah. So, so purpose is about actually creating some action or some some outcome for yourself or someone else. That's, is that that's how you're really linking it? That's for in this context. That's how I look right. at it. Yes. Okay. Is is like the question: Who am I here for? Yeah. Who am I here to serve? And when you're tapped into that, and you really can you can feel 
the pain and the problems that people are going through and how it affects them on all levels of their lives, whether that is a health problem, a relationship problem, a, you know, a money problem, some of those big core problems. Um, yeah, that's where that's where the difference really is. Yeah. So I've been listening to podcasts and I've been in this world myself for a good 12, 14 years now. And uh, I've not really heard this message change much. Either that means it's the brilliant message and it works for everybody, or it needs to evolve, perhaps. I wonder what your view is on that. Which, what specific message this, do you This hear? purpose message, the meaning, serving your And Pat Flynn was talking about serving your audience in 20, 2009, I think. Um, you know, people are just wondering whether this needs to evolve. I mean, it's, we've been saying this for a long time. We're post-COVID now in a very different world. But I still hear the same, the same sort of messages, the same paradigm. I just wonder. I wonder if there's a, a need to shift this, especially as we become more international. I know America is a big market, and probably I see this in the UK as a much smaller market and spreading into a, you know, into bridging into other other places. I just wonder yeah. if it's a different, if it needs to evolve or be rethought. I mean, I think that tapping into purpose is is timeless. But I mean, what do you do from there? <laughs> like for me, the, the tapping into purpose is a starting point of a strategic process. So there's a lot more that follows after that. Once you get tapped into purpose and you start to understand that at a deeper level, that then has to become vision. It has to become life vision, then business vision, then your vision for yourself. So there's identity shifts and belief shifts and all of that that, that flow downstream from purpose. But I think yeah. that if you remove purpose from life, I mean, you're talking about a very gray world <laughs> where, where not a lot of joy or uh, or change happens. Well, it depends. So I think I think but purpose it... is timeless. I think that as long as we are born and we're looking up at the stars and wondering what is this all about, why am I here? As long as that is present in human nature, I think that you know, trying to solve that for yourself, that's not going to go away anytime soon. Yes. Yes. No, I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. I'm just wondering if the <laughs> yeah. if the message is evolving. Um, yeah. I, I'm as also, it also amuses me that the people who seem to get the most money are sc scammers and criminals online. So I, I wonder if they've sat and thought about a sense of purpose, but they've probably just thought about a target market and how they can extract the maximum value, yeah. um, which, of course, is a marketing principle, isn't it? Um, so what specific things do you do to help people? I mean, do people approach you and buy a package from you? Tell me how your business model works. Yeah, there's three primary ways. The first one is inside of my Power Persona membership community. So that's the first uh, way that people can get connected with me. And so inside of there, there's a lot of content and live coaching and community and a lot of collaborative uh, aspects to it. There's a lot of guest expert interviews as well inside the community. The second way is through my Platinum Path Masterminds, where there's small groups of people who are peers who are all on the same journey together. And then the third is to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. And so my I kind of have a unique blend of coaching, consulting, and project management yeah. that's all based around helping people to get results and getting things done. So yeah. all of the lessons that I learned over 20-something years, producing 3,000 projects uh, worth over $100 million. Um, that's what I would apply to somebody who has a big ambitious project or goal yeah. and need somebody to help them, you know, go through that process one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. So those that's are really the three primary ways. So give us an example of someone you've uh, who's come, who's been a, you know, almost like, like the, um, the unicorn client, the one that you always yeah. brag about. What, what can you give us an example of that? Sure, so a great, great example is a good friend of mine named Jim Harshaw, who had been an all-American wrestler, uh, went into business for himself and um, 
was selling a $150 course that was based around sort of, you know, life purpose and some of the things that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. And we went through this whole thing strategically and figured out a way to recast what he did and make it a lot more valuable and so on. And um, we turned that $150 course, the same core elements by shifting the market, who it was aimed at, shifting some of the branding, some of the elements inside of it, made it a lot more valuable, um, raised the value of that from $150 to a $5,000 program um, that he can deliver in one day. <laughs> so it used to take months to make that $150 and now in one day, a $5,000 program that then he's able to replicate over and over again, has since built a big podcast, um, has interviewed people like Tim Ferriss and so on, uh, and really built a good speaking career. But it was all based on that, that core structural shift in the business, that strategic shift. And I think that's the kind of thing that really can unlock a business that's stuck. Yeah. And I think, and I think um, one of the things you're pointing at here is uh, the unique power of that external eye. You know, when you're sitting and people come, that's interesting. The point you make about being stuck, but it's not always just about being stuck. It's it's just about not knowing what you don't know, because that's actually a bigger problem than being stuck because you know what you don't know. And it's yeah. that thing about having someone looking at your business and saying, "Hey, did you think you could do this?" So. You know, those of us who are, you know, like work in this consultancy world think it's probably the most powerful thing we can do, isn't it? Is say, did you realize you could? Yeah. And 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 I guess that you it's quite exciting, isn't it? When you say that to someone, they go, Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't even know that was a thing. So that's that's yeah. quite exciting for us, isn't it? It is because oftentimes, you know, we're right there. It's like there's just mm-hmm. this little difference between if we just had a slightly different perspective. Yeah. We saw it differently. It shifts everything. So that was the insight that I had in my own business years ago was that the problem that I had in my business wasn't so, it wasn't really time. It wasn't really money, let's say. The problem was structure. My whole business was built wrong. I had built it wrong from the beginning structurally. And the way to change the business was to shift the structure. So that meant changing who I served, how I served them, what my pricing was how I delivered what I was, what I was doing. Right. So making those structural shifts really opens up everything for you. And sometimes people can't see that you're trapped in it and you just don't get like what the real problem is. And when you can see the real problem clearly, Hmm. then it becomes clear of how you make those changes. But one of the things we have to vote, I guess, caveat this is that people, there's, there's often a sort of um, snake oil sort of magic stick that says, aha, you do this and you go from 150 to five grand and blah, 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 blah. But we do miss out that the hours and hours and hours of work that you put have to put in. I mean, oh, people, yeah. this is a very problematical world, which is we have overnight success based on 20 years of activity that produced very little. And um it's an important thing to say, isn't it? Because actually we do always come up with the examples of people who do fast and rapid change. But again, 80% of people or 80% of the masses are actually working really hard, aren't they? And um, it, it people have to be prepared to work, but in a completely different way. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. You have to work hard for sure. However, I will say there are some people out there right now who are listening to this that are sitting on an opportunity that they don't even realize they're sitting on. So for example, it might be the personal trainer that we referenced earlier, Mm -hmm. who is severely undercharging. And if they had a mindset shift that they were worth more than they're charging, that simple mindset shift, like they don't need to change anything that they're doing, except 
have the bravery and the courage to yeah. say, I'm now going to charge this. Yeah. That structural shift at the pricing level can be revolutionary for people because it yeah. means that you no longer have to serve as many clients. It can open up a tremendous time freedom for you. Like if you're able to 10X what you charge, or let's say even 3X what you charge, that could mean you become a lot more selective about the kind of clients that you work with. Perhaps it means working a lot less, right? It means a lot more joy in your life. So there are people right now where it, it isn't years and years and years of hard work. It's just the awareness and the, the self-belief that I'm worth a lot more. Yeah. Now for some, most people, that's not the case. For most people, they decide I'm worth a lot more, but they have to then become strategic about how do I now add more value into what I do? Yes. How do I change what I do, change my market, change my messaging and make myself more valuable? Yes. But I will say that, as I said, the first thing, there are people that are, they're, they're immediately worth a lot more if they would just make a mindset shift. Yes. And, you know, so, that, and there are people out there who believe they're worth 10x, 3x, and they're really yeah. not. Yeah. And part of um, having an external consultant is to look look over that and say, well, mm -hmm. actually, you're not. So having that sort of critical friend is important, isn't it? The person who can be in your team who can actually pull out some of the things that you need to really change because actually maybe you're over pitching or you're, you know, you're over ambitious, for example. So sometimes that's important as well, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the market will tend to sort that out though. Mm. <laughs> Just because you 10 X your price doesn't mean anybody will buy. Exactly. So I think you'll learn pretty quickly whether that's going to work or not. Yeah. You know, Brilliant. but yes, of course you have to have somebody to work with you and kind of see what makes sense. Um, even internally, like there are people that don't know where the line is. They suddenly go, okay, I'm going to be very courageous. And now I am going to, I'm going to 10 X my price. Yeah. And it's like, but internally, they're really not comfortable with that. Yeah. There's some, there's a lot of resistance as you, which, which I'm sure, you know, a lot yeah. about that comes up when it doesn't feel right. Yeah. And so where I like to get people is just outside of what feels comfortable, yeah. where it just feels a little bit edgy, but it's not like so unbelievable that they're just going to self-sabotage, yeah. right? So I like to get that right there. And then over time, if that's working, you may continue to raise your price from that point, the more comfortable you become. Yeah. But that's that first step that I do like to usually yeah. uh, take people through. Great. Um, so just imagine if you're sitting out there now, you've got a great idea, you've been stuck, you've been thinking, blimey, I'd really like to have a go at this. And Rocky sounds the sort of person I should be talking to. Tell me, Rocky, how people can get in touch with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the best place is just to go to my, my website at rockybuckley.com. And you can go there and then you'll get all of the access to uh, the different the three different offers and so right. on. The membership nice. community, the masterminds and one-on-one. -on -one. Very simple. And it's Buckley with an E for those people who are in the UK. So uh, um, it's excellent. Great. It's been a joy to talk to you today. And um you know, I um, it's fascinating to talk to someone who's got this got this thing really worked out. I think it's a really important thing, and I think you're right about this idea that it's structure as well as dreams, because actually people have dreams and dreams without plans and structures tend to achieve very little. So it's about how you turn it into a plan rather than dreams are fine, but they're just really for the night time. Yeah, Rocky, it's been a joy. Thank you so much for Thank spending you, time with us today. And hopefully some people are inspired enough to jump on your website and uh, talk further with you. Thanks very much for spending time with us today. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks for your time. You take care. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. 
Feedback is always welcomed, and if you are in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com, then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.